0: These words from The Hills reconfigure your life, change your heart, and prepare you for all that God has destined you to be. Welcome to The Hills Church. This morning, I'm just going to share some quick thoughts on never losing your wonder. Never lose your wonder. Never lose your wonder. We all get to a point when things get into drudgery. And if you are old enough in business, you'll find a point in time when your business begins to settle. If you are old enough in life, you begin to find a time when things get into monotony. It's like you're doing this same thing over and over again. And I've seen some of the greatest people on earth doing really great stuff, but being in the present of greatness, they don't see it as great. They see it as normal, as ordinary, And even as fractured and broken, they can't see how immensely powerful what they are doing really, really is. Because, so sometimes I feel like God has called me to remind people who they are. Like, do you know who you are? Like, do you know who you are? Do you know what you're doing? Do you know the statement you're making? And because when you, when you, that's when the Bible says, without vision, the people perish. Another translation says, without revelation, the people cast off restraint. Do you know what that means? Without revelation, without like a spark, an epiphany of what you're doing, you will not hold on to what you're doing so strong. And when you don't hold on so strong, you lose restraint. You lose self-control. You lose the ability to hold it together. And then you enter into a cyclical will. That cyclical will, is like a that's what is called destruction. The people perish. Perishing happens when people have no revelation of what they are holding, of how grand their marriage is. Marriage becomes ordinary and tepid in their mind. They forgot how they chased that woman. They forgot how she was everything. They forgot how. She was the object of their desire. They forgot how they slept and dreamt about her. They forget all of a sudden the thing becomes dry and empty and rid of his joy and all of a sudden it falls this flat place of nothingness and he it loses its awe. Say to someone, never lose your wonder. I don't know How many of you have ever seen the stars? Is there anyone here who has seen the stars? I know you guys are city people. So city people don't see the stars. Has anyone of you here seen the stars? Oh, because everybody kept quiet like, no, we don't know. What is that, Pastor Mo? How many of you have seen the stars? Ah, a lot. Ah, okay. <laughs> I remember as a child I used to lie in in my in my village room and our the window overlooked the stars. So whenever I lay down before I slept, I would be looking at the stars. And sometimes I will even come out in open, under the open skies to look at the stars. And I saw different types of stars. How many of you have seen the triplet stars? The stars are like one, two, three. How many of you have seen the triangle stars? So there are actually all types of star formations. And as the more you start looking at the stars, the more they expand. The more you see new ones. There is awe in the sky. It's not only when you watch on Discovery do you know like if you're just to shut down this civilization and go into another life you can see a lot more that there is in nature but guess what because of drudgery you have to do this school run you have to do this you have to do this do you know you enter into a cyclical wheel that's like you're running a rat race you have no time for wonder for awe. You have no time for inspiration. You all need your wonder back. Never lose your wonder. If we take it from the realm of God, what is God asking? God is asking us. Number one, to open up to his work in us. God is asking us to accept that we cannot do it by ourselves. God is asking us to agree that we are a sinner. God is asking us to stay with him. Like, stay a little bit longer. If you look in the realm of God, God is asking you, just can you stay with me? Can you agree? Can you come on the journey with me? Do you Want to open up to my work in you. Do you know that's what the Holy Spirit goes around saying to everyone in the morning when you wake up? Hey, do you want to pray today? How I many of you have heard that voice before? Do you want to stay with me a little bit longer? Can I do some work in you? Can I, can I be with you today? Can you, can you just bless someone today? You hear this conversation. Can you allow my work in you? And those who listen to the Holy Spirit are the ones who are the sons of God. Because the Bible says in Romans chapter 8, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. I submit to you that the things of God are not just some high level things. They are everyday life you understand? They are everyday life things. So God wants us to come to a point of everyday Christianity, when every waking up moment, every going to bed moment is a moment when we are having holy conversations. So Jesus called them together and said, "You know, the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and their high officials exercised authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must become." your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just that the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. This is a mind shift scripture. Right? There was a competition among the disciples of Jesus Christ. And some of them want to be the distinguished ones. Actually, the mother of two of them just brought two sons and says, Jesus, I have two sons. These are the two sons of Zebedee. The sons of fire. They have grace. They have quintessence. They have power. They have anointing. They have authority. My boys are the best. Ah, Even if I say so myself, my boys. That's what brought about this scripture. So the disciples now started the fighting among themselves. You know, there were 12 disciples. How many tribes of Israel do you think there were? Uh-huh. Does that tell you something? They were thinking like, ah, Jesus is chosen the governors of the provinces. But the mother was not satisfied with their sons being governors of the provinces. She wanted one to be vice president and the other one to be director of finance in, in <laughs> Jesus', Jesus uh, presidential campaign. That's what the Jews could not understand about Jesus Christ. They couldn't understand him. They couldn't understand him. They couldn't get him. Like, how can this carpenter son call himself the son of God? He wasn't interested in what they were interested in. Are we the people of God or not? If we are the people of God, why are Romans ruling our land? Why is our land full of oppression? If we are the people of God, why is it we have Roman authority here? And then one carpenter comes and says he's, he's the deliverer. He can't even fight. He has no pedigree. He has no power. He has no military might. He has no interest in politics. Just going around teaching some knights to have sermons and healing the sick. Oh God, take on the Romans. That's the main problem. Take on the Romans. We are tired of being slaves. Doesn't that sound like us sometimes? If God is God, why is there all these problems in the world? If God is ruling, why is mankind and, and God doesn't seem interested in wiping out the problems? Jesus did not seem interested. He said, My kingdom is not of this world. They're like, wow, this kind of man. Cannot be the Messiah. So when you call him the Messiah, the priest and those people who have held political power, they were angry. This ordinary guy, Carpenter, we even know there's a fraud around how he was born. A rumor about him, like because Mary slept around. She said Mary came out and said that uh, she had the immaculate conception. The son, the son which they gave birth is the son of God. Son of God, my food. (laughs) Honestly, it was bad rumor. So when the disciples were trying to be serious, they were nudging Jesus towards authority. When the mother of the sons of Zebedee was trying to be serious, she was nudging Jesus towards doing what counts in their own mind. Bring authority. Let my son sit on your left and my other son sit on your right. Jesus said to them, you don't know what spirit is in you. You should not rule like the Pharisees rule. You should not live like the people of this world lead. I've heard pastors say, oh, I'm a lion. You are a lion. All these other pastors are sheep. That they are... So it seems like for a pastor to be a, a good pastor, he must knock down other people. He must be ferocious. Before he's a good pastor. No. No, 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 no. Look at Jesus saying, don't lead like the world. For you to lead, serve. One day I got one of the one of the people in church here and said, This is the greatest man in church. Why? He serves us all. Honor those who serve. Honor those who serve. Who serve. When you serve, you're not little. You are smaller. How many of you know that I serve you guys, the purpose of God? I am your servant. I'm not here to establish myself. I'm not here to make my authority stronger. I'm not here to wield power and to command forces. Guess what I'm here for? To serve. And that's what Jesus said. The greatest among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. The son of man did not come to serve. And this has to do with awe. A servant, you know what makes you serve? When you have awe of God. You don't serve because people are going to pay you. You serve because you know something deeper. You know God personally. You know how God's kingdom operates. You have a trembling hands when you deal with the things of God. That's what will make you serve. You know why I serve my wife? It's not because of her. It's not even because of love. I serve my wife because I know something deeper about marriage. I know God god is the author of all marriages i serve my wife as an honor to god never lose your wonder people are surprised you know what haditha calls me moses Go to my house you here you hear from downstairs moses Think like they're calling the house boy you know moses the house boy's name And I will run and say, Madam, what do you want? And everybody's like, "Ah, is this the ogre of the house? Why is he behaving like this? I know that my leadership is about serving. I serve my daughters. I serve my wife. That's leadership. Whoever must be great among you must have all. Must have that ability to serve. Today's world, nobody wants to serve. Everything the women are saying is that we don't want to serve anybody. Everything the men are saying is, ah, the women are oppressing us. We don't want to serve the women. That's what the world is saying. But in the kingdom of God, we're supposed to knock ourselves out serving each other. Think about that atmosphere in a home when the wife is serving the husband. What do you need? Are you okay? Do you want food? Think about that time when the husband is carrying his wife's leg and putting on his stool. Madam, do you want pepper soup? What do you want? Do you you, you understand? Like, imagine an atmosphere where everybody's serving everybody, how powerful that is. But the devil broke us and decided that everyone would be fighting for greatness. Jesus began to speak this, don't lose your all. So let's read this together. This fulfills the prophecy of uh, Says. When you hear what I say, you will not understand. When you see what I do, you will not comprehend. For the hearts of these people are hardened, and their ears cannot hear. And they have closed their eyes, so that their eyes cannot see, and their ears cannot hear, and their hearts cannot understand, and they cannot turn to me and let me heal them. There comes a time of hardness. There comes a time of strong delusion. There comes a time of, 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 of total... Do you understand? There comes a time when nobody's yielding to nobody. And as a result, guess what happens? There cannot be healing. Jesus said, everything I'm saying is lost on them. They said they are good. You know how many people I call and say, "How are you doing?" And I know the Holy Spirit told me they are not okay. They will tell me, "Pastor Mo, I'm very good." The Holy Spirit tell me they are lying. Sometimes I tell them, "But you're no good." Sometimes the Holy Spirit tell me, "Step back. They need time." Do you guys understand? Jesus said, "The hearts of this people became hard, and their ears cannot hear." and their their eyes cannot see so that they cannot understand. If they understand that I'm bringing compassion for them, if they understand that I'm bringing hope for them, they will allow me and my work will be done in them. If you can understand that you need God, if you can understand that you need His hope, you need His power, if you can understand this, many young men step up. They don't know that what they need is the strength of God. But blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. Who are those? Say those who have wonder. You guys are not talking. Say those who have wonder. Oh, do you know as 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 atheists come before God, they can never understand God. People who don't believe in God can never understand God. When you open up your mind to God, God gives you more. The moment you come with revelation to God and say, "God, I want to know," all of a sudden the dam opens. When you come with God to God with questions and judgment, like God. who are you? I don't know you. I don't care about you. Like, guess what? Heavens will be locked to you. You will still not know. You cannot know God by Uboju, by forcing him. You cannot know God by your own authority, and you cannot call God to your court of justice. He's bigger, much larger than you. But the moment you step in in Revelation and say, God, I want to know, I want to know, everything shifts. The moment your desire is genuine, everything moves. And God begins to give you a revelation of who he is. So say to someone, blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. Say that to someone, blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. There is the power of hearing. There is the power of seeing. There is the grace of freshness. Have you ever stood with people and the atmosphere around them is tepid and dry because they are not hearing, because they are not connecting into God? They cannot know what you know. They cannot understand what you understand. But blessed are your eyes, Sister Zena, for the sea and your ears. For the hear, can you bless someone with that scripture one more time? Blessed are your eyes for the sea, and your ears for the hear. Oh, hold the person's hands and say, Blessed are your eyes for the sea, and your ears for the hear. I heard church people are not supposed to be holding hands again. <laughs> So all of you took disinfectant when you're coming to the hotel. <laughs> Bless now your eyes to the sea and your ears for the hair. Do you know we live in presumption? We presume we're strong, but sometimes we're really weak. We presume we're knowledgeable, but sometimes we're actually ignorant. We presume we're following, but when we hate what we're following. We presume we're tuned, but we're 100% distracted. Sometimes presumption is the biggest sin of all. Just to presume that you're falling after God, but you don't realize that you're not attuned. Your ears are not hearing. You're not connecting. You you presume you're strong, but you're really weak. When the temptation comes, you have no capacity. When trials come, you fall because you're not strong. You presume you're knowledgeable, but none of the knowledge is applicable in your life. Let God's grace come upon you that you will not be this person in the name of Jesus Christ. You will not live in presumption. You will live in true authority and power. You will live in a true knowledge of who you are in God. You will not live assuming that you are a child of God when you're not. The grace of God will walk on your inside and transformation will be your Lord in Jesus name. Amen. So can I tell you guys something? When you presume something happens to you You think you have discernment, but what you are is judgmental. Have you seen those people who are judgmental? Discernment is not the same thing as being judgmental. Learning what God is saying about someone is not the same thing as closing the door on a person, saying the person could never enter. Judgment means closure. Discernment means being aware. They're two different things. Sharing is not the same thing as gossiping. How many of you know that some of our sharing is actually what? Gossiping. You know, let me share. You say, let me share a little bit with you. I know I used Brother Nafas, as the fall guy. He's he's we are partners in the spirit and in the natural. You see him, he's my biggest cheerleader. He's the one saying the biggest amen. If you hear that amen, it's from him. <laughs> guess what like I said le- let me share with you about brother Nanfa. I want us to pray for him you know his wife is in Jaws, and he's here all by himself I'm worried for him <laughs> do you understand he has temptation on the other side of women I know that's not his problem so I can use that as an example yeah So what am I? Let's pray for Namfa. Let me share with you the burden I have in my heart for my brother. What have I done? Yeah, gossip. It's just plain old gossip. That was not a prayer point. Do you guys understand that sometimes we are actually opening the door to the devil? Do you know how many people who say block them, cut them off? Have you heard that, that new line today? Anything that disturbs your peace, block it, cut it off. Yeah? I am just trying to preserve my energy. The universe is conspiring to give you negative energy because of the people you allow into your space. Can I tell you something? There is no universe. (laughs) Universe is not a person. Just acknowledge God. Remember Romans chapter 1 when they knew him, they acknowledged him not as God and became vain. What God gives gives them they said is Mother Earth. Do you know there's a rise of paganism and people are falling into these traps. Who Are you quoting? Who are you standing up for? There's no universe conspiring to bring bad energy into your world. Avoiding bad company is not just about avoiding bad energy. There's no conspiracy against you in the universe. What you have is just plain old discernment that you need. And you don't have to hate. Can I tell you? Someone asked me yesterday, okay, my roommate is so nasty to me, at what point do I draw a line between being a believer and telling her what she's done is wrong? I say, here's the line. The moment you seek to glorify yourself while trying to assert over her what she's done, you've crossed the line. Everything should be about redemption. That your roommate, can you see her in the image of God? Can you see that she was a believer who lost her way? She's sitting in this high-level campus now with people around the world trying to assert herself. She's sitting with all types of ideas as to what is important. She's hearing that, oh, this time when you're doing your postgraduate is the only time you can marry. So she's running after all the boys. She's sleeping around. But can you see her in the image of God, not just in the eyes of what she's done wrong? When you see her as God sees her, when you see her like God's child, think about God when God is looking at her. When God is looking at her and saying, "This is my daughter. She's missed the mark. I wish someone could tell her how much I love her. I wish someone could tell her and draw her into the right atmosphere." The moment you start looking like God upon her, guess what? You're no more judging her. It'll be easier for you to forget her, forgive her of what she has done wrong against you. You can say it. You can say, you've done this wrong. I don't like this. But it will not be from the place of, I am better than you. Look at you, what you're doing. Look at you, you're so stupid. Must I babysit you? It won't come from that place. It will come from the place of true compassion and true healing. Never lose your wonder, even when you're redeeming those who have fallen around you. Never lose your awe. Never lose that ability to keep a freshness of the grace of God. Living holy is not about being a grouch. You know, some of us feel like being holy is actually about having the longest frown. So we think like songs of worship are like these kind of songs. Like, "Mm, mm, It's not an easy road. We're traveling to heaven and many other trials on the way. Oh, but Jesus walked beside me and strengthens every journey and lightens every heavy load. You know, I'm from Assemblies of God and the women will cry and say, No, no, it's not an easy road. Guess what? It's actually seeing God. May you never lose your wonder. May you never lose your wonder. Wide-eyed and mystified. May we be just like a child staring at beauty. Wide-eyed and mystified. being sad knowing god is about joy the kingdom of god is righteousness peace and joy in the holy ghost knowing god is not just about carrying the longest face knowing god being disciplined and faith does not mean not never smiling around the courts of god there is joy when you look in the temples of god in heaven the earth may be filled with the coronavirus but in heaven there is no virus There is joy in the atmosphere of God. And if you look at God's agenda from the earth, if you're standing there and looking at the earth, God knows the day we're going to find the cure. God knows the day when the cities will come back alive. God knows the days when this disease will be kicked out of humanity. God knows the season and the time. In Him, there is clear revelation. In Him, there is clear vision. Those who sit in the courts of God know what is up in the presence of God. Never lose your wonder never lose your awe never lose your worship never lose that believing in God that is powerful that is glorious, that is what God wants God doesn't want you to be sad and broken and and hurting only God wants you to be full of him, full of joy and full of vision and full of hope you know some people don't know what Christians have that every time we come to church we go back with hope hope is powerful because hopelessness is horrible. Realism is not as powerful as hope. Reality is not as powerful as hope. Especially when hope does not disappoint. Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Living holy is not about being a grouch. When you live holy, you can have joy. Live holy, be joyful. Live holy, be joyful. Some people look at me and like, Can you be holy the way you are joyful like this? Because honestly, I have joy. (laughs) You guys know I have joy (laughs) all by myself. (laughs) I don't need music to be joyful. (laughs) I don't need the circumstances to be okay. I tell you my problems, my problems can knock your engine. But I have joy. I carry my joint to my problems, I'm looking at my problems with different eyes all the time. Why? Because those who live in God have awe, never lose your wonder. Know that any time God will move, as have this anticipation, this holy awe, like God will do it for me any anytime. Have this holy expectation that these problems will not remain forever. I'm walking with my God and he's going to move very soon. God is coming. The Holy One is coming for me. The righteousness of God is coming. Say the grace of God is coming. Say the power of God is being released from glory to glory I'm being made stronger. I can see the vision of what God is doing. Say I can see you, oh God. I can see you coming towards me. I can see you unlocking my heart. I can see you giving me new grace and filling me with revelation of your goodness and your power. Lord, I can see you giving me joy. I have a new season of life around me. I have a new season of grace around me. There's power in my spirit. I have all function in the spirit. I have authority. I can see you. I never lose my awe. I never lose my wonder. Wide-eyed and mystified, may me Jesus just like a child staring at the beauty of our king let's read this together truly I tell you if anyone does not receive the kingdom of God like a little child he will never enter enter how many of you know that children have mystery they have mystery they have awe they look at you they ask questions they explore. They're trying to find out mystery. Do you know if God was if God wanted you to know everything, He would tell you everything. And if God told you everything about your life, do you know you don't need faith? You understand? Like He would tell you, "You're going to marry." Don't worry, young lady. You're going to marry on the twenty fourth of March, twenty twenty five. So you know from now is. You don't like the age, right? You don't like that time. It's too long, right? let <laughs> right, write it down. 23rd of March, 2025. Yeah? Four more years. Five more years, right? Mm-hmm. And then, between now and then, here's what's going to happen. You're going to start your own business. You're going to be a multi-millionaire. You're going to enter into, into your husband's house with your own car, with your own house. You like that part? <laughs> <laughs> then you won't need faith you know why we need faith you don't know the date you don't know the hour you don't know when when God is go- when God's promise is going to come to pass in your life so you need to believe God places us in a mystery this mystery is for us to have faith and trust him that we may not know tomorrow but we know him who holds tomorrow that's why we have mystery because if we know everything there will be no need for faith never lose your all keep a spark around you if your marriage is not working keep a spark around yourself around your heart do you understand it's from the spark inside of you that you can fix what is outside of you I said to you guys, like my wife is an honorable woman and she brings me an immense amount of joy, but my joy does not come from Hadiza. Hadiza is coming back today. If you guys like, report to her. <laughs> <laughs> I know some of you cannot wait to report to her. I can just watch it those of you. <laughs> Love is not gossip. I've said it before. <laughs> sharing is not because you joy is going to share with her, right? <laughs> My joy. I have four daughters. They are lovely. My joy does not come from them. I have joy. I give them joy. I see moments when they are full of sorrow. When their friends have rejected them and they have no hope. I give them hope. So I have to find joy from somewhere else. And I have to find hope from somewhere else. Your marriage may be great, but your spouse is not your happiness. Your joy must emerge from the fact that you are good with God. And that's why God is calling you. Come, let me give you all. Come, let me give you wonder come let me give you inspiration come let me give you peace come let me fill your life with beautiful come and know me for real come and be the person who walks with me when you wake up in the morning you will hear my voice when you go to bed at night you will see me come and be with me and I will show you He says, come and walk with me and I will show you great and mighty things that you do not know Except you take the kingdom of God like a little child you will never enter in. People have broken down this scripture and talked about little child. They talk about the fact that little children forgive very quickly. Talk about the fact that little children do not hold hold grudges. You can spank them. After five five minutes, they'll come back and hug you and look in your eyes. Do you understand? Little children are very forgiving. Not some of the ones we are betting today, though. But generally, little children are very, very merciful. Right? Very merciful. But that's not what this scripture is most about. This scripture is most about wonder. When you think about God, do you think awesome? Do you think powerful? Do you think like God is great? Do you feel a sense of knowledge of him? do you know I may not know many things but what I know is that whenever I fall before anybody knows I'm falling on my knees I have all for God whenever I make mistakes you know how somebody pushes you pushes you and a lie comes out of your mouth it happens to the pastor too the Holy Spirit said God you're economical the truth so that was not the whole truth as I'm turning back to God, just tell me, mm. I never want to lose my all. So what do I do? I say, I repent in sackcloth clothes and ashes. If I can make it up, if the person is gone, you know some lies are actually unnecessary, like lying to a bus conductor, lying to your juniors in the office. doesn't make sense. You don't need to do that lie. Like, there's no need. Like, why are you lying that lie? So unnecessary. There are some lies with implications. Like if you don't lie that lie, you're going to lose all your earthly wealth. <laughs> then we know that there is value in the lie. Like some rubbish lie. Like what's the point? <laughs> but the most important thing is not the fact that you fall. It's that you have awe of God. Like I cannot go one more minute without making it right with God. Like I cannot go forward from here Without fixing it. Like I have to make it okay now. And that's what the devil wants. The devil wants you to postpone the thing and to own it. And he will hit you with big condemnation. Say, Ah. You slept with her. That means you're a fornicator. Just gather ten more girls and continue the routine. Do you understand? and the prophet has given a quote he who is down needs fear no fall guess what that's not even in the bible if you are down you need to fear being downer there's another place worse than being down can I tell you guys something all of God saves you from sin he preserves you in the world he makes a difference between you do you know I sit in a meeting sometimes Everybody's talking I will keep quiet know why I'm keeping quiet? I'm asking God, do you want me to say anything? Do you want me to say anything here? If Baba doesn't say, say. I'm happy to keep quiet. I don't want to be known. Sometimes the people like, okay, pray. I'm like, God, do you want me to pray? Oh, wonder just a certain knowledge of how great how awesome God is. That's what makes you a true believer, a true follower of God. It's a wonder. If you lose your wonder and God becomes a casual byword, and you can swear with God's name anytime, and you can take it with levity, and you can talk about it. And that's why I don't believe in comedians in church. I'm sorry, but I don't believe in it. People who joke about the Holy Spirit baptism, people who joke about speaking in tongues. People will joke about spiritual things and then in the day of trouble you want that same speaking in tongues to deliver you. I hardly will go for a comedy show because they don't know the boundaries and everything they jest about is spiritual things. Do you have awe of God? Do you have wonder of God? Or do you have lasciviousness? Awe. wide-eyed wide-eyed mystified May we be just like a child so we get the beauty of king. you know finally when Jesus came there were some people he couldn't walk with they were religious people the priest, the people who had rank in the church couldn't walk with them they're too big for him to, to, tell anything to. They knew it all. They're very powerful. They, then other leaders and those who are already working, apart from people like Nicodemus, they were they were like many leaders like Nicodemus, but only Nicodemus had that kind of heart. Like he really wanted to know. Many leaders and people already doing things know that they are already doing stuff. They don't want to listen to new instructions. Experience and older people. Something happens to you when you have so much experience. You're not ready to start all over again. As the saying goes, you cannot teach an old dog new tricks. As I get older, guess what? On May 29th this year, I'm going to be 50 years old. And when I turn 50, I am going to be younger. Because the reason why I keep youth as my as much as God enables me, is because He enables me to learn. I cannot tell you what I learned from my thirteen year old and sixteen year old girl. I told the church once about how I learned about about one of one, a few apps from my daughters. Like tell me this snapchat, let's go, let's go in a little deeper. Was my she was fourteen when she taught me Snapchat, how to, you know, the images. The, 20 years, this thing. I was just looking at her. She was going, I was like, okay, yeah, another one. She's teaching me codes, how to block, how to, how to quickly get a message to disappear, how to screen grab, how to, you know. I learned it from my daughter. Just humble yourself and go to your children. You learn how to be savvy in IT. They were born, do you know their generation Z? They were born as digital natives, they were born on the device. Can I tell you guys something? If you lose youth, you lose your capacity to learn. Never lose it. Never be so old and experienced that you can't learn what's happening. Sometimes the people who are most difficult to lead are people who, are, who have an obvious spiritual calling. You're called by God, and that's many people in this church. Many people in this church have a calling is very certain. I can't wait for you to birth your ministry. There's something God is cooking around many of you and I'm just going to be the happiest parent to birth that which God has put inside of you. But God brought you here also to pick up a few more skills so that there can be an exchange between you and the other ministers. So there can be an exchange between, the, the, between us and yourselves. The family of God will be a place of polishing up that thing which God has given you on the inside. The family of God will be a place for you to open up and learn more about what God wants you to be and God wants you to do. It's obvious that you're called, but those who are called of God are very, very difficult to lead because they want to go. They feel like they can see a vision of what God wants them to do, and they want to run in that direction. That is fine. We're not going to, I'm not going to be one of those churches who is caging people. There's a brother here who wants to start a fellowship. and he starts out like, wow. You want to start a fellowship? Fantastic. When are you going to begin? He was shocked because he called his wife, invited me to coffee, set the whole stage. You know why? He was thinking like, this is a difficult conversation. Pastor Mo's going to think like I'm going to break the church by starting my own fellowship. I'm like, no. Do you need keyboards? Do you need me to send you our keyboards and a singer? What do you need? And she was shocked. He wasn't expecting it. Guess what? The day you want to start your ministry, I am very happy to support you. But as you're here, can you allow us to teach you can you allow us to mold you together while, while you're here can you allow us to give you something that you may not have can you allow us to add and increase on that which god has given to you can you allow a peer review for other people to look into what you're doing as well can you not make what you're doing a cult once something doesn't allow outsiders in is a cult if your prayer group doesn't allow other people to come in is a cult If your small group meeting doesn't allow other people to come in, it's a cult. The kingdom of God is for everyone. Please feel free to ask Zach to come and lead worship, to ask this guy to come and... Feel free. Don't even have to tell me. Let it be open among the brethren what you're doing. Let the grace of God go into your calling. But you need to have awe and wonder. Never go with presumption into what God has called you to be. I'm the happiest to release anyone to their ministry and to set them apart for what God has called them to do. But I have to be sure also that you are ready and that God's grace is available. I have to resource you by the grace of God and the little that I know and the little that the pastoral team knows. We have to resource you and enable you to go out there and do great things. But above all, never lose your wonder. There is a place for those who know the freshness of God. There is a special door for those who know, who have access to the heart of God. There was a disciple, who they called the disciple whom Jesus loved. His name is John. And John's account was not called the synoptic gospel. There are three gospels that are called the synoptic. Synoptic means they all agree together. That was Matthew, Luke, and Mark. Matthew, Luke, and Mark were synoptic, but John was not synoptic synoptic. Luke wrote the most chronological account because he was a doctor and his own mind was technological and systematic. But John wrote an emotive gospel because he was the one who knew Jesus personally. There are those people who know God personally. The Bible speaks in the book of Malachi about God sparing the people who worship him as a man spares his son whom he loves do you want to be that guy whom Jesus loves guys do you want to be that man whom Jesus loves never lose your wonder that's the way never lose your wonder never lose your wonder that's the way to keep yourself in the place where Jesus loves so in the account of Jesus's betrayal Everybody wrote about how somebody got a muscle of bread. No, they didn't write about that. Only John's account had how Jesus said to them, see who I will give a muscle of bread to. So the account says that while they were at table, Jesus said someone was going to betray me. And then all, everybody was saying, Lord, is it I? Is it I? They were all what looking inward to see whether they were the betrayers. John knew he was not the one, he leaned on Jesus and said, sir, who is it? Jesus said to him, just watch, I'm going to give the guy a muscle of bread now. Only his account has that part written. Why? He has the most awe and connection. Do you have awe of God? You will know the secret things of the Lord. Never lose your wonder. Never become ordinary. Never mock on spiritual things. Never, never judge God unfaithful. Walk with God differently. Talk to him like a friend. Wake up in the morning with the Holy Spirit by your door. and Say, Holy Spirit, I'm here for you today. What do you want me to do today? When you walk like that with God, a difference will come into your life. Never lose your wonder.